0: a couple of testimonies out of 2016. I think God's done a lot of great things and it's, it's good to hear the big stories and the small. Uh, and one of the things uh, I, I just celebrated over summer was just staying still. It was really good just for me just to have a break. Uh, and last year we, uh, I got the honor and the privilege of being in 10 countries and uh, I flew 84 flights last year and had almost a month off, which is nice. But some of the, some of the things that are going on around New Zealand and the small centers and around the world and some of the big centers are really exciting. Uh, and, and uh, you know, this year in Christchurch, uh, last year, sorry, in Christchurch, we started the year and we'd only ever once had more than 400 people attend across a weekend. And we were like, wouldn't it be great? We started with a dream. Wouldn't it be great if we could see that that ceiling broken Uh, And so we did a few things, we we made a few plans, We, we prepared a few things, and we did our Easter Sunday, and our Easter Sunday we got about 500 people. Uh, out, and that was really exciting. And we had 108 kids in one of our services, which uh, was very exciting for me, possibly not so exciting for the kids' team, I'm not sure. Uh, uh, but then, we, as the year progressed, we just started seeing these things to kind of topple over, and some of these barriers and these ceilings that had existed for us as a church. And uh, we decided we, we, we started believing for it to see more than a thousand out on a sunday and so remembering that we started the year at that kind of we we haven't cracked 400 across the sunday uh and and we went all out we had an all-out sunday and it was so exciting because we saw i think 50 or 48 salvation responses that day we saw a thousand and twenty-four people come to church on the day Uh, and and it broke a ceiling for us so this year at christmas like uh the week before christmas we had 700 out uh, on, on, the, on the weekend, and so it's been really exciting for us, and, and in that is just the small stories uh, that really have blown me away, and uh, just seeing God move in people's lives, and uh, we had a church picnic yesterday. We do them on the weekend. Uh, I'm not married right now because volleyball has a really bad habit of breaking my ring finger, uh, and, and yesterday one of the guys was playing volleyball. I, I used to be a setter in volleyball, and I, I gave him a set, and you know, most, most of us who are kind of my age or above uh, struggling to kind of get over the net like we used to. And I gave this guy a set and he's about my age and he had the nets down here. Uh, and he just hit this cannon shot which just about killed a small child on the other side of the game. And I thought, like, wow. And that made a lot of fun, playing volleyball for me suddenly, because as a setter, you really just want your, your shots up in the air to get powered down. But I was thinking about his life, and a year ago he joined church, and just the number of breakthroughs, not just for him, but in his marriage, for his wife, uh, in the area of employment, and in his children. And God has just done layer after layer of things. And it's exciting, and uh, it's, it's really awesome to see what God is doing. And uh, I want to honor this church. I want to honor Auckland Equippers, Auckland City equippers and your pastors and your leaders because a lot of what is happening has has been the momentum of the push that this church has been able to provide, not just through Shout, but through leadership, through relationship, uh, through giftings and ministries that have come out of this church. And I really think it'd be awesome if you could just take a moment to, to just clap and honor both the people of this church, but also the God of this church as well. So I would like it if you could do that with me. Because you guys are awesome. That guy he's got the right idea. It's a standing ovation. I think some of you should stand and clap because this is not a nominal thing. Second wave, that's good. Because we want to honor you, but also honor the God in you. You can have a seat. Uh we were praying this morning for the service, and one of the things we just prayed into is that not for a perfect service, but God would be would be showing in the imperfections, and, and I love that. So 2017's exciting. I'm excited for 2017. I believe it's gonna be a great year. I believe that uh, in our hearts, it's gonna be a great year. I believe in our soul, it's gonna be a great year. I believe it's gonna be a year where God makes things strong. In your life, and I want to just open with a passage. If you've got a Bible, you'd like to turn to Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, uh, and we're going to just uh, read the scripture, and then I'm going to unpack a thought for you this morning, if that's okay. I think I've spoken long enough for you to get used to my South Island accent as well, so that should be good. So it's the Lord's covenant with Abraham. Now remember, Abraham is about to become Abraham. If you don't get it, that's okay. Just remember it's Abraham. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield and your very great reward. But Abraham said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who inherit my estate is Eliza of Damascus. Now it's interesting when the service leader uh, goes and preaches part of, your, part of your passage in the offering talk, you know God's in this. Uh, uh, we didn't talk about that before him, but he goes on and he says, uh, uh, then the word uh, of the Lord came to him, this man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. And he took him and said, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can. And then he said to them, so shall your offspring be. And verse six says, Abraham believed the Lord and he, the Lord, credited it to Abraham as righteousness. So let's just pray. Father, I thank you for the people who are in this room, uh, who are in this room digitally and listening later on. Uh, Lord, I just pray, Lord, uh, Lord, that into the hearts and the lives of each one, Lord, today your word would become flesh in their life Lord, that, that something that is written in the Word of God will become lived out in their heart and in their life and in their soul, and Lord, I ask you to anoint this word, and Lord, I ask you to do what only you can do, which is send your word forth and not let it return void. Lord, we need your help as listeners today because uh, i 'm not as good a preacher as Jesus, and even people rejected his words. so Lord, we pray your anointing and your blessing and your encouragement and your favor in this room in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome, if we can have the picture up there, see I love this this, this thought of Abraham. Uh, soon to be Abraham, I'm just gonna call him Abraham because otherwise I, I kind of slip into one or the other all the time, I'm not that uh, delicate with my words. But Abraham is, is in this moment where God is giving him a promise. Now, I don't know if you go camping around the North Island. In the South Island, when we go camping, it looks just like that. Uh, uh, Because there are no people in the South Island uh, uh, and there there aren't aren't as many clouds either, I've noticed. Uh, I, I love the fact your welcome home or welcome to church sign is just a picture of a whole lot of clouds. Because in Christchurch, we put a picture of like sun or something like that. But, but, but you, go, you go camping, and, and obviously, if you go camping around Tekapo this is the view you can see if you've ever been camping around Lake Tekapo But, but you, you're in the tent, and, and it's, it's kind of cramped. You know, we don't have spacious tents these days. You used to pay more and more money. When you're a tramper or uh, living outdoors, you pay more and more money for a smaller and smaller tent, which doesn't seem to make sense, does it? But but in this moment, Abraham's in a tent and his tent would have looked very different to that. I'm not gonna give you a history lesson about it. But God wants to deal with Abraham in this area of vision and in this area of his heart, uh, in this area of his dreams. God wanted to do something with Abraham, but before he could deal with what was going on inside here and inside his imagination, he had to do some things physically with Abraham. And I actually believe that God wants to do some stuff with your life and my life this year that in order for us to receive it, in order for us to believe it, that, that there's gonna have to be, there's gonna have to be some physical adjustments to our life. There's gonna have to be some environment adjustments to our life. You see, we can't be strong unless we have a strong vision. Uh, I believe if we uh, personally and corporately together, we can't be strong unless we have a strong dream, something that compels us, something that we can close our eyes and we still see it. And, 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 And the Bible talks about without vision, the people perish. Uh, without vision, they cast off restraint. I love one translation that puts it without vision, uh, the, the people run wild. Has anyone got children? Uh, we've had quite a few children in our house. In fact, since Christmas Day, we've had over 200 people round for a meal, uh, which is uh, quite a relaxing summer if you're the caterer, uh, which I am. Uh, but children without vision, they run wild. You my kids... And I love my kids, I'm very proud of my kids, so I do lots of proud dad, hashtag photographs of my children, but my children have a tendency when they're unsupervised for long enough to run wild. Someone has a really, really good idea which usually involves badly hurting somebody else. And then there's just wildness because there's no vision. Uh, uh, and and I don't believe this year is a year we're called to run wild. I believe there's actually some stuff that we need to have a a picture and a vision that God wants to deal in 2017 in the realm of the heart, in the the realm of vision and in the realm of dreams. And, and, And you see what God had to do With Abraham, before he could give him the dream, before he could place the vision in his heart, before he could re-emphasize the promise he'd given to him, before he could remove Abraham from his old mindset of thinking, I've only got a servant, he had to do some stuff. He had to, number one, he had to take him outside. See, because the problem is, when we're inside the tent, we have no vision. The tent is like a box. When you're inside the tent, you can't see very much. Now, you could get really scared because I could start walking over this way towards the edge of the stage. I could keep going. Thanks, Jake. I don't know if I trust you enough. Pass all, yeah. But inside the tent is, is a realm that is limited to what we can see. And it's a small place. It's a constructs of our own. It gets a bit hot and sweaty in there. So I'll just come out for a minute. But, but inside the tent of Abraham, Abraham constructed his tent. Abraham lived in a tent. He was a tent dweller. He wasn't just a camper or a glamper. He was a nomad. He traveled around with camels and tents, moved through the wilderness, shifting his tent. His tent was everything that Abraham knew, everything that Abraham possessed. His tent didn't just represent a camping idea. It represented his existence. Everything that Abraham owned other than livestock was contained within his tents. You see, the tents, God had to get him outside because the tent is small, it's small like this box. The tent represents a sort of box that Abraham was inside. Everything he could see was inside the tent, it was inside the box and God wanted to take him outside so he could see things from a different perspective. I wonder what your box is this morning. I wonder what's the stuff that you know. I wonder what the things are that you can touch and tend to say, well, that's the truth. That's the limits of my life. That's where that wall is. I can't break through that wall. And over here, I can't go further back than that because that's another wall in my tent. That's another wall in my box. You see, the tent stays as big as we need but no bigger because it takes a lot of effort to set up a bigger tent. You know, we often don't expand our environment, we don't expand our mindset bigger than we need to. This morning at quarter past six, I was riding my motorbike to church, in fact, fact, to to the airport, I wish I was riding my motorbike, I was riding my wife's motorbike, uh, which was a humbling process for me, but mine's in the shop getting a new side for a story I won't tell you but that's why my jeans look like they do. Um, and walking, uh, I got to the airport and, and I arrived about kind of 6.28, and I thought I'll take my wife's motorbike helmet off, which had been feeling a little bit tight. And as I tried to pull it off, I realized I was stuck. And my nose was starting to bend up and my, my ears were rolled up like this. And it was a very, very uncomfortable feeling. Uh, and it was quite embarrassing too, because you've got this guy and he's like... <laughs> It looks just a little bit weird at quarter past, half past six in the morning. But the motorbike helmet, we only tend to get them as big as we need to. And I understand now that my wife's head is not quite as large as mine. In our lives, we often have boundaries. We often have walls. We often occupy a space. We often inhabit an area in our imagination that is just big enough to be comfortable for us. But no bigger. I wonder what box God needs to take you outside of in 2017 so you can see the space that he has for you. See, because the problem is when you're inside the tent, all you see are the poles, the sleeping bag, the roller mats in Abraham's day, might've been some nice Persian rugs, some Turkish delight over in the corner better than my temper. We only see what we can imagine, what we have already possessed. And God has to take you outside of what you've already experienced in order for him to speak into the realm of the spirit, for in order for him to place dreams in your heart, in order for him to reignite old dreams that we've lost sight of because we've spent too long inside the box. We spent too long inside the tent. So we need to get outside because the tent can represent the limitations. It can be the mundane. It can be the daily grind of going to work, getting home, feeding the kids, getting the kids to school with both shoes on. My goodness, that's a test if you've got sons. The the daily grind can just be just be trying to make ends meet financially and pay the power bill at least within a couple of weeks of when it was due but we've gotta get outside that box. We've gotta get outside the box of the mundane. We've gotta get outside the box of of the daily grind. You see, inside Abraham's tent, there wasn't just, well, this is how much I'm worth and this is how much I possess. Inside the tent was barrenness. It was inside the tent where they'd been in disappointment after disappointment, where the second blue line didn't come up on the pregnancy test again. And again, inside the tent, it was full of the limits of what Abraham and Sarah could reach. But outside the tent, outside, you have gotta get outside the impossible situation you're in. I don't know what impossible situation you faced in 2016, but God wants to speak into that realm right now and take you outside of what you know is possible and impossible. He needs to get you outside the tent so he can speak into your spirit, so he can enlarge your vision and give you a dream that is actually worthy of the life you're called to live. It's worthy of the giftings he's already placed inside of you. It's worthy of the cross of Christ and the price that he paid. You have gotta get outside the tent. Inside the tent was aging barrenness, so I wonder what's inside your tent. You probably don't want to know some of the things that are inside my tent of what's possible and what's limited, but the tent is great to sleep in. It's great for shelter, but the tent is too small. It's too small to see the plans of God. And sometimes we need to get outside of peer groups, outside of relationships, that are holding us in small thinking. We've got to get away from the voices of the can't and the won't and the too hard and the impossible and too expensive and get around some other people. We need to get out of there. It says in Isaiah 55, 8, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. So we need to get outside. You need to get outside the box of life. I don't know what your box is. Maybe it's a box of, this is how much education I have. Uh, I could never live in a house like that. I could never hold down a job. We could never have a successful marriage. I don't know what your box is, but get outside of that. Let God speak into a different realm in your life. The second thing God does, the second thing God does is tells Abraham, look up to the heavens. He says, look up to the heavens. You see, why do we have to look up? Well, if we go on in that passage in Isaiah 55, verse nine, it says, for just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. The rain and the snow come down from the heavens, they stand on the ground to water the earth. And he goes and talks about this, this whole process. Uh, of, of how trees grow and how rain falls and clouds form. And it says these events in, in, the, in verse 13, these events will bring great honor to the Lord's name. They'll be an everlasting sign of His power and love. You see, we have to look up and not down. Why? Because it says in the Psalms that I lift my eyes to the hills from where does my help come? You see, when we look down, we look down at negativity, we look down at our feet. We, we, we've gotta remove our focus, when we lift up, we've gotta remove our focus from the temporary, from what's immediately in front of us. Uh, we've gotta lift, got lift our eyes from depression. We've gotta lift our eyes from frustration. We've gotta shift our vision up from negativity. We've got to to lift in 2017 your vision because the great thing in this, uh, we've got to lift our vision to God, we've got to lift our vision to Jesus and the great thing is He will help you do it. He is called the lifter of our heads. In Psalm 3.3 it says, but you Lord are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head High. You see, we get outside the tent and we start to lift our head. God comes and says, hey, that's great, buddy. Lift it up higher. That's awesome, my daughter. I'll lift your head. I'll show you things you can't yet comprehend. See, we won't occupy the realm of Jesus' plans for our lives with downward vision, with negativity, with limited thinking, with a poverty mindset. We can't occupy the things that God needs us to lift Equip is all this morning. God's asking you, don't just get outside the box. Don't get outside, the just, just get outside the tent, but lift your vision off what is filling your mind. You know, there is more to life than the next episode on Netflix. Sometimes you just need to lift your vision off the keyboard and the screen, just that couple of centimeters higher and look around you. I don't know about you, but I actually, I, I, and there's nothing wrong with Netflix or anything like that. I, I enjoy Netflix, got a favorite series that I watch all the time. My kids are all doing MasterChef and I'm reaping the benefits because they're starting to get all this gourmet food. My 13 year old daughter, and this is my parenting success, can down, now do latte art better than most cafes around New Zealand. Uh, she, can't, she can do the fern, she did her first fern the other day, took a photo, instant messaged it to me so I could see it before she posted on Instagram. And obviously, as a dad, I take all the credit for that, uh, because I'm a father. And, and basically, other than getting her married, my job is finished. <laughs> we're, we're done. But you see, the small and the temporary, all of those things, all of the things we can fill our vision with, getting into a new year, and you start to feel the weight, and you feel down, and you start filling your... You've got to lift your eyes. You've got to lift your eyes beyond even the horizon. Lift your eyes beyond the current economic climate beyond your current employment status, beyond how the marriage has been this last year or, or beyond the relational status on Facebook and how that's been, you've got to lift your eyes beyond that. You've got to look up over that to see what God has for you because looking down is full of the temporary. In Second Corinthians 4, uh, it says, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them all and will last forever. Now you might be saying, but pastor, I don't understand because you don't understand because I've got big problems, not little problems. Well, Paul's temporary problems that he was talking about to the Corinthians were temporary problems like being stoned and left for dead. For being in prison, being beaten with rods, being shipwrecked uh, for two nights, uh, afloat at sea. Those were his temporary problems that he said we shouldn't fix our eyes on. Uh, It was the ones where he was hated uh, by the people that he used to lead and he was hunted and he was cursed and he was imprisoned. Those were his temporary problems. He said, don't fix your eyes on those things. Maybe you have a negative health diagnosis. Don't fill your vision with a negative health diagnosis. God needs to take you outside of that diagnosis and lift your eyes above it, and he says, look to the heavens. He goes on, sorry, he says in in chapter 18, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now, rather we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen, for the things that we see now will soon be gone. But the things that we cannot see will last forever. So we've got to lift our eyes from what we already have, we've got to lift our eyes from the tents, from our possessions, from what we've currently achieved. We've got to lift our eyes beyond the temporary and fix them on the eternal. The things we cannot see that last forever, we've got to lift our eyes past uh, uh, hurts. We've got to lift our our, our eyes over mistakes, beyond offenses that were caused to us, even when we were in the right and they were in the wrong. As the Apostle Paul said again in Philippians 3, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. I forget the past. And look forward to what lies ahead. Maybe 2016, the dream didn't feel like it was being lived. Don't fill your eyes on 2016. Look ahead. You know, I spend very little time on my motorbike looking over my shoulder. Do you know why? Because there's no one catching me up from behind me. All I've got to look at is what's ahead of me. Because that's where the the opportunity and the challenges are going to come. If you spend all your time looking over your shoulder when you're driving, you're going to crash. If you spend all your time looking in the rear vision mirror of past hurts, past mistakes, past betrayals, past failings, past uh, uh, financial challenges, you're going to crash again. And it's going to hurt. Don't remember that stuff. It says, look, lift our eyes to the Lord, to the Lord of the heavens. It's not just lift your eyes and stare around aimlessly, but it's to look at that. It's to look at all of that, that vast starscape. Abraham had no comprehension of how big it is, and even though I could quote to you numbers of millions of light years away, some of those stars are, you and I have no comprehension of how big that is because we can't relate. You know, we think it's a long way to fly to London. Uh, yet the, the sunlight can do that in, in points like oh, about point one of a second or point zero one of a second. I can't remember the math. But we've got, we've got to get outside of the context. You see, it doesn't matter how big your tent is. It doesn't matter how much you've achieved or how much you've seen God move. It's just a tent compared with the, the scape of the universe, C- compared with uh, stars that are a million times bigger than planet Earth which look like a pinprick because they're so far away. You, you need to lift your vision into that realm, the realm of the big, the realm of God. Uh, I love that childhood song that my God is so big. He's so strong and He's so, wow, well, some of you guys are asleep this morning, come on. My God is so, He's so strong and so, there is. Well done. If you sing that enthusiastically at 10 a.m., I feel sorry for your praise and worship team. But you see, we've got to get outside. You see, God's realm was bigger than what we can comprehend. He has a bigger picture. He's working to a different agenda than my convenience and, and the, the number of uh, social media likes I can generate. He actually might be more interested in something a bit larger than who's going to win Australian Chef see, outside the heavens are too big to comprehend. Outside there is perspective. Outside, <laughs> He is large and I am small. And my problems that filled my vision, that didn't enable me to see anywhere beyond the box that I was in. When I get outside and I start getting a bit of perspective, that starts to seem a little bit smaller. In light of what God Is and what God holds together and what God created at a word. See, Jesus sits enthroned outside versus my small tent. See the context, sometimes my problems seem too big to overcome because my vision is full of them. And when I get this much focus on my problems and my insecurities and and the things that come against me, they seem bigger than all of you. It's not truth. It's just perspective. My hand is not bigger than this room, but it's perspective. My problems are not insurmountable for me and for God. It's just perspective. What are you filling your vision with? 2017 needs a church who are going to fill their vision with the bigness of their God, the grandeur of God, the God, the, the, the impossibility that God can achieve with the spoken word. He didn't even spend a day on the universe. He just spoke and it was, along with a few other things that he just kind of handily put there in perfect order. See, we've got to fix our eyes on Jesus. In Hebrews 12, uh, uh, verse 2, it says, you know, it says how we strip off the weight. And the, uh, in fact, we'll start in verse 1. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses in the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that trips us up, and let us with endurance run the race that God has set before us. We do it by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting Him, He endured the cross. He disregarded its shame. Now He's seated at the place of honor beside God's throne. You see, when we get outside the tent and we look up at the heavens, we get the perspective. We, We can endure the troubles. We can endure the trials. We can overcome them because we understand actually my life doesn't end there. I can run with perseverance. I can strip off the burdens of 2016 and I can run free. And sometimes you've got to strip some stuff off of 2016 and our other garment so you can run into 2017. And you do it by fixing your eyes on Jesus, by lifting your vision off what is temporary and onto Him who is eternal. Because it's bigger than you think. The universe is bigger than you think. What God can achieve is bigger than you can think. He then says, count the stars if you can. This is a really funny thing. God is actually mocking Abraham here, because God understands how he created the eye. Do you know that in low light, when you look out, you have better detection of dim things away from where you focus? So if you look at the stars at night, you'll see some stars in the middle of vision, but you'll see a whole lot more out there. But when you look at them, you can't see them. Because the way your eye is designed, your peripheral vision has more light receptors than your central vision, because your central vision is also full of color receptors. So God was saying, count them if you can. You can imagine Abraham out there, and he's looking at stars out there, and he's counting, he's got up to 1,500 up there, but he can see it's way more dense over there. He looks over there, and as he starts to count them, they fade away. Count the stars if you can. You can't. (laughs) Ha, (laughs) ha, 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 ha. He's saying, look at the count the stars. You see, because it's bigger than you think because vision has a picture. There's a dream that God wants to place on your life that compels you. But don't try and work it all out because you can't. You can't count the stars. The Hubble telescope can't count all the stars. They're discovering hundreds and thousands of new stars. The better the optics get, the more they can see them. So you don't have to figure out the vision God's got for you. You just have to hold the dream, hold on to the picture. Uh, You you need to make sure that you you can blink and see it. See, I can shut my eyes and I can still imagine stars. Now, I couldn't tell you how many are on this picture and I'm not gonna uh, lie to you and make up a number, but I know there are stars. I know there's a bit of color. I know you can see a bit of the Milky Way going through the middle. And that's the picture. That's the picture God gave Abraham. He said, that's how many descendants you will have. See, because that's the thing. You see, we've got to get outside the tent. We've got to look up to the heavens. We've got to count the stars. But the reason why is because it's bigger. It's bigger than your existence. It's bigger than your limitations. It's bigger than your experience. It's bigger than your achievements. It's bigger than your mindsets. It's bigger than what you're believing for right now. 2017, why don't you make a decision, equip us, Auckland, to let God get into that space of the heart in 2017, right here at the start, and just breathe enlargement, breathe bigness, breathe vision, breathe dream. Because it says, then it goes, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. didn't say Abraham worked it out. It doesn't say that Abraham made a really good growth chart. It says Abraham believed. Oh, but that's a bit simple, isn't it? Oh, but I need something more tangible. Well, you can't touch the stars. You might know some facts about them. You may even know a few more facts about the stars than me. Maybe you don't. But it's not tangible, it's big, it's eternal. It's a picture that God is trying to paint, and He's saying, hey, it's a big dream. It's a big vision. And what I need is not people who can figure it out. I need a people who can believe. I need a people who stand in 27 and say, hey, we're going to believe for Auckland City to be saved. We're gonna, we're gonna believe that God is gonna move on our street. We're gonna believe that God is gonna move on the campus. Lord, we're gonna believe that that God is gonna, gonna work on the hearts of the, the people in my family that are not saved, that are resistant to God, that He's gonna break it down. I'm gonna believe God. I'm gonna believe you that there's gonna be salvation in my household, that there's gonna be a turnaround. And some of those limitations, some of those things that have broken boxed my world, I'm going to believe that they're just going to get. And we're going to see at the end of 2017, some of the barriers of our life falling on the altar, some of the things that limited us, some of the things that we knew for all manner that it would never happen to us. Some of those barriers are going to drop away and we're going to see those limitations of 2016, for what they are is small and temporary. It's time to dream. It's time to let God speak to you. It's time to go beyond what you already think you've got figured out. See, the biggest problem in my life, when God wants to speak to me about stuff, it's not what I don't know. It's the things I think I know already because they're all the walls of my tent. It's the mindsets. Hey, I know how God moves and this is the only way he'll do it. I know God will bless me this much, but no more because that would be extravagant. Or I just have an experience where I believe God for something bigger in the past and it didn't quite work the way I wanted it to or the way I was hoping. And so I'm scaling back the dream. I'm pulling in. I'm just going to, Get into my box of a limitation because it's safe inside the tent, but it's small inside the tent. It's time to let God help you dream again. This is how we bother, lifting up